It's time for your daily dose of all things Chicago sports. This is the Daily Score. Now, here's your host, Mark Grody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into the Daily Score. I am Mark Grody, and a little more juice flowing through because we are at the Wednesday point of Bears-Packers week. It's our first open locker room. Justin Fields was speaking. Matt Eberflus was talking. DJ Moore was great at the mic. Bunch of guys in the locker room. So why don't we get right to this? It's going to be a Bears report. And like I said, Justin Fields was front and center. Do you remember last year in the Bears-Packers game in December, the Bears did lose the game. However, Justin Fields in that second game against the Packers was 20 of 25 for 254 yards. Did have a couple of picks, but he did have a 55-yard touchdown run as well. Um, Ran for 70 yards in all in that contest as well. And I think it's worth Bring it up because a lot of the same players on the Packers, obviously changes occur in the NFL, but worth thinking about that game. And Justin Fields was talking about it as well. I think the O-line did a good job, you know, protecting that game. You know, we had a lot of explosive plays that game. We did pretty good on third down too. So uh, really just all you need to be successful in a game. You know, explosive plays, uh, great protection from the O-line and um, situational, situational execution, you know, third down, goal zone. Um, that's what we're going to have to do to win this game. And, you know, if you do that every game, then you're going to, you know, pretty much have a good game. So, How does the talent that you guys have in the tight end room and kind of the mix of guys with different abilities allow you to attack offenses this season, specifically maybe in 12 personnel? Yeah. Um, you know, we can do a lot of different things with, you know, our tight end room. Um, you know, uh, some teams, they – put nickel out on the field versus, you know, 12 personnel and some teams keep out base. So, um, you know, just personnel matchups, you know, with, you know, the guys that we do have in the tight end room, just getting certain matchups that we, you know, might want, you know, if a team does leave a certain personnel, when we do have that 12 personnel out, out on the field, um, that'll give us the matchups we want. So, um, just, just little stuff like that. How do you, how do you view the challenge this year of defenses will very likely focus and make a priority of trying to keep you in the pocket? make you win that way until you show consistently that you can do it. So how do I what? How do you view that? I mean, do you, do you view that as something that you could take advantage of maybe or? I mean, yeah, that's fine with me. Um, you know, it is what it is. At the end of the day, like I said, we look at the defense and react to it. So um, whichever way we got to beat them, that's, that's the way we're going to do it. So, yeah. Thought something that was interesting. We was talking about the 12 personnel and, and the two tight ends, you know, Cole Komet, in the game last year, six catches, 72 yards. While we're at it, I'm just looking at some of the deets from that game, too. Equinemius St. Brown had a nice game, three catches for 85 yards. Remember, and Keel Harry, Nikhil Harry, that was a game where he caught that ball down the field for 49 yards. And it was like the one game where it's like, oh, okay, all right, all right, Nikhil Harry. Oh, no. But then it's like nowhere to be found. Um, so, yeah, and then, like, the difference between the two games against the Packers last year, you had this game that we're talking about right here where, where Fields throws for 254 yards. Remember the September game where Fields was 7 of 11 for 70 yards? That was where Getsy was like, yo, we got a different way of doing things here. Um, we think we could run against Green Bay, 
And indeed they did still lost the game, but it was actually a sound game plan put in by Luke Getzey. It was the first time where you're like, hmm, Getzey does what his players are capable of. He plays to their strengths. That's kind of a neat concept because Matt Nagy failed heavily at that. But I don't think I want to see 7 of 11 for 70 yards in this game at all. Let's get to Matt Eberflus now. You heard Justin Fields being talked about being forced to pass and being for you know the they're trying to contain him to stop him from from running and Matt Eberflus knows that that will be the case this year. Yeah, you could potentially see that. You know, we just have to adjust to see what what they give us. You know, we're not sure. I mean, we sure we anticipate that, and and sometimes you know you have to have a plan for. Well, not sometimes you have to have a plan for both. Um, they're going to play them straight up, or they're going to do what they did last year. So, um, again, the effectiveness of the of the run game and the pass game uh, will dictate that. And I think that's uh, going forward. That's going to be something we're going to have to look at. Do you think, even though that would be keying in on taking away one of his strengths, do you think that would be something? Justin could use to his advantage if he truly has grown as a passer like you guys are telling us. Yeah, I would say that's true because I think when you try to take away something, you open up something else, you know, and I think that's uh, try to load the box to stop the run. You open up the receivers on the outside, you know, you try to defend the pass and, you know, sp- you know, play more split safety, you open up the run, you know, so to speak, you know, in terms of the basics of football. But uh, uh, certainly with him, you know, taking away that uh, run game for him is something that people did last year. And that should open up different avenues for us. Yeah, I mean, teams started to get better at it. As I was discussing on 670 The Score with Danny Parkins yesterday, no matter what teams do, Justin Fields is going to get his. He is explosive. He is – I don't have to explain to you the the running, the leg talent that exists with Justin Fields. So he's still going to get his. It's just that teams are going to, as if they didn't last year, really take that part seriously from from Justin Fields. Let's move ahead. I had another Eberflus cut, but I want to skip that just talking about injuries and I'll get to some of that the injury stuff in a second. I'll just I'll fill in the blanks there cuz I want to get to DJ Moore. And look, whenever there are captains named, we're always going to ask guys, you know, what does it mean to be named and voted on by your teammates as a captain? I thought that DJ Moore gave an interesting and compelling answer on being named a captain of the Chicago Bears. Oh, I was ecstatic. I never was a captain, so to be named captain, I was, I was, shoot, I was jumping up and down in my seat low-key. Nobody really noticed, but, you know. What do you, what do you think teammates saw in you, obviously, as a new guy coming in here to earn that respect to you? Just how I go about the business and go out there and uh, handle myself uh, in front of everybody and, just being a team player when I get back into the locker room and uh well not a team player, I'm a team player regardless, but you know, like a brother, like somebody that you could joke around with, uh and just get to know. So you said you were ecstatic. Were you also surprised then? I was surprised. Uh you know, EQ said he didn't put me down, but uh <laughs> I think he did, so I was happy. So what you were just the stage and the spotlight here compared mm. to what you experienced in Carolina? Y'all, you know. <laughs> Yeah, uh, way bigger than Carolina media, but uh, no, nah, for real, for real, that might be the only the only difference. Uh, the media is, is way better and uh, a lot of spotlight on certain people uh, on his team, and it, it's it's great, and then it's it's good, and then it's great again. You know, as long as we stay on the hot horse, as long as y'all love me, I'ma love y'all. Yeah, there's no guarantees there, boy. But I I think that 
Yeah, DJ Moore has been the MVP of the preseason and of training camp and of OTA. Like at every single step in his obviously very young Bears career, early Bears career, he has checked the boxes and has been exactly who we thought he would be. Now he's got 17 games to to show us for real. But yeah, I always think it's interesting too when players from smaller markets like Carolina come to Chicago. I think like the NFL is the NFL. There's a ton of attention on every team, but it's a different animal in Chicago, obviously, because of all of you Bears fans, because it's a passionate, massive, <laughs> um, national, international fan base that exists. And we hit the Bears hard. There's no doubt about it. Be a fun matchup. DJ Moore and Jair Alexander. You'd have to expect those two to be going up against each other. Last guy I want you to hear from, though, on the defensive side of the ball, and that is Demarcus Walker, one of the Bears' starting defensive ends. He'll be opposite of Yannick Ngakwe, and Demarcus Walker was asked about the Green Bay quarterback, Jordan Love. Honestly, so if you're looking at uh, Matt LaFleur, right, that's his name, I mean, you got to really study him and how he is as a play caller, his philosophy, and see how, you know, when Jordan Love got in the game, was there anything changed or you got to take a look at Jordan Love. What talented does he he bring? Is he more athletic quarterback than Aaron? Is his arm better? I'll leave that for you guys to answer. You know, and then uh, uh, just seeing you know what can they do to you know keep the system the same, but also have the talent flourish. How much do you guys look at this as an opportunity to you know for the first time since Aaron Rodgers was there to kind of make a statement? Uh, I mean, honestly. I mean, it's just another game, brother. You know, it's just us getting ready for the, for the Green Bay Packers because we're going to play them again. So then, I'm, I mean, the goal is to win. That's the goal. That's the goal. I'm sorry. I got kind of choked up there. <laughs> Before you guys you. signed Yannick Ngakwe, I know you mentioned you, you kind of heard all the stories and people clamoring for another defensive end. Was there any part of you that was thinking, we're good? Like, no, no. I mean, I kind of saw it coming anyways, all the way back in OTAs. So I mean, when I, when when I got the word, I mean, hey, let's let's get him in here, you know, bring him. He's one of us, and let's get together and let's get to the quarterback. Yeah, and he's gonna, you know, Yannick Ngakwe is gonna help Demarcus Walker, and Walker is gonna be the guy that has to has to become the beneficiary of the extra attention. One would assume that Yannick Ngakwe will get. Few other notes: the the first injury report of the season is out. Eddie Jackson limited in practice on Wednesday due to an ankle injury. Jaquan Brisker has a groin injury that had him as a limited participant in practice. Uh, the linebacker Dylan Cole missed practice on Wednesday with a hamstring. Nathan Peterman down as quarterback two while Tyson Bajan is the third string quarterback. Matt Eberflew says that's what we are leaning to for the first game, but we certainly reserve the right to make adjustments if need be. I expect that Nathan Peterman will be QB2 on Sunday, but we'll see how that develops throughout the season. Uh, strong indications from Matt Eberflus that Lucas Patrick will be the center on opening day and that the starting left guard will be Cody Whitehair. And some jersey number changes for you. Javon Dexter goes from number 98 to Travis Gibson's old number, number 99. Roshan Johnson goes from number 30 to number 23. It's a nice number. Uh, Elijah Hicks goes from uh, number 37 to number 22. And that goes in the for whatever it's worth category. And I know people people actually do want to know that. I, I will take that out of the for whatever it's worth category. And finally, uh, Pearl Jam was spectacular. You know, it's a spiritual, emotional, kick-ass 
uh, experience for me. It always is. And I will just say this, um, that it was so good that I am seriously thinking of going to the Thursday show as well. I didn't necessarily want to have to be in this predicament because, you know, these are these are late nights, you know, and I got to get up early for Bears. But it was so good that I might just go again on Thursday. And maybe when we have more time, another episode, we could do another music episode down the road, and I can give you more details on it. But uh, we got a lot going on with the Bears right now. So thank you so much for watching, as always, for our wonderful producer, executive producer, Ray Diaz. I'm Mark Rohde, and I'll talk to you guys later.